been... Oh, I was trying to find where the fuck we were going to record the new episode. But I lost everybody. And now I don't know where I am and I've been lost for months. I've, I'm crying all the time. Everything is dark all the time. The trees are just making everything dark. I'm losing my fucking mind. And the only thing that I have to keep me company is you. You, my little podcast recording unit. My little Zoom H6. I'm gonna cry again. Where are you? Where is anybody? Oh, for a stupid fucking podcast episode. Should we um save him from <clears throat> himself? <clears throat> I'm just gonna pop uh, out the bushes. Yeah, we can speak <laughs> just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Boo! Ah! Hey, 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 buddy! What? Hey! Hey, you made it! What? <laughs> What's happening? We were looking for you forever. Just well, kidding. Yeah. No, no, we weren't. <laughs> what? We just we've been waiting. Were, yeah, we've been waiting. It's been two months. Yeah. Yeah, we got marshmallows and, you know. Yeah, we were just chilling. Yeah. I've been eating bugs on a fucking tree well we we got this couch set up we got this couch set up in the woods we got you know hot dogs it's a nice couch beans yeah do you have any horror stories yeah oh <laughs> bob i'm glad you asked is that a campfire that i see is rather right there yeah it's come like nice and crackling come, come over, over here there? and sit with us okay oh <laughs> i've got a bunch of uh, laundry detergent got a bunch of laundry detergent i'll throw it in and it'll get a bill go poof <laughs> It'll be very scary. Yeah, we're going to wash your clothes. <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, what little clothes I have on. They're basically rags at this point. It's been, also uh, let me iterate, kitchen. it's been months. I'll make us some s'mores. We basically are totally set up here. Yeah. And I'm not sure why you were out there for two months. I'm not sure why you guys didn't just tell me that you were here. I guess we forgot. Well, you say tomato, I say tomato, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> you want me to call off the months that I've been lost in the fucking woods? Okay. Hey, can I have some of that laundry detergent? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Don't drink it. <laughs> I can sense you want to drink it. It's, I know it's you're frustrated. It's, it's powder, so it's going to be hard to do. But <laughs> <laughs> You give me some water, I can mix up. <laughs> you can mix it in. But check this out, y'all. While I was out there, I was thinking about, I was thinking about a scary story. Mm. You want me to? You want me to? It's a really nice roaring fire. I think I can throw some <laughs> of this laundry detergent in there, and we can. I mean, you were out there suffering for a, a really I, long time while we were totally not suffering. So I'd say you've earned it. Yeah, we'll give you a break, buddy. Thank you. I'm gonna die. Um, <laughs> well, we're hour. all dying. <laughs> Well, you better hurry up and tell us the story then. When you put it like that. Okay. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Podcast Society. The tale of the bonus mini-sode. Oh, God, the couch is on fire. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, put it out. Oh, Pour the laundry detergent. Throw it on and that'll work. Oh, fuck. It's gotten worse. Run. 
<laughs> We're gonna get lost again. Never. No, I'm never gonna get lost again. We ah! gotta wait it out. We gotta wait it out and discuss an episode of Are You Free of the Dark? That, that's a good idea. We'll just wait it out. All right, you get to telling us this before you die. And before we yep. all die. Before we all die. Because we start a forest fire. Are we still improving? <laughs> this is an amazing opening. I just yeah. want to put it out there. This has been incredible. <laughs> why, why isn't this a show? <laughs> oh, you be careful saying that. Rachel Rachel will agree with you immediately. It's true. <laughs> Even though I'm terrible at improv, I love to RP. <laughs> <laughs> I love to RP. All right, y'all. Hey, we're back. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're changing things up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because uh, we realized that last time our episode, uh, our Goosebumps episode, got really, really long. Almost three hours. Strangely, the more boring the episode or the book is, the longer we talk. <laughs> Funny longer- how life is like that. Funny how life is that way. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, we decided because uh, when we were originally watching that episode, Mario had the great idea or listening to that episode on Goosebumps. Mario had the great idea because um, that Goosebumps episode, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, does not have a, a TV episode. He was like, hey, let's watch an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? My favorite show ever. I did. I said those exact words in that exact way. I have perfect recall. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... He recommended we watch a very similar uh, episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark as to the uh, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, The Tale of the Guardian's Curse. And I got to say right off the bat, I'm Bob. Right next to me is Rachel. (laughs) I'm Rachel. And Mario. Hi, it's me, Mario. (laughs) I'm the cool ghoul who's everybody's pal. (laughs) I don't know if it still works for Are You Afraid of the Dark. (laughs) (laughs) No, you got some ghouls in there. Yeah, I guess there is is one ghoul. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Strangely enough, the book has the word mummy in the title, but no mummy. And this one doesn't have a mummy in the title, but definitely has an actual mummy. In fact, there's... No, no, there's like one. There's only one. There's whatever. There's a mummy. There's a prominent there's a mummy. There is a in prominent this episode. Mummy. <laughs> that, you know, uh, this is a good a good thing to point out is how very different these two pieces of mummy media are. For and how children. one is clearly superior to the oh, other. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's go ahead and start talking about it. Unless anyone else has got something to say, like maybe, I don't know, Mario has some like historical stuff to talk about do you want to talk about are you for the dark and like what it was absolutely i do have that let's go which, i'll be honest this one this one was easy i just pulled this one from wikipedia don't, oh, don't worry about that one didn't have to pull together a lot of historical notes on this one uh so <laughs> are you for the dark this is a it was a horror anthology te- television series that was produced by ytv in canada i knew i knew it was canada yeah, i mean i knew it the scent of canada is all over this this episode um, and it smells great. Yeah. It smells like maple bacon. Yeah. Uh, piney. Uh, and it's mm. um, distributed by Nickelodeon. You may remember this. It aired on SNCC. Mm-hmm. It ran from uh, 1990 to 1996. It's a good six-year run. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the pilot aired on Nickelodeon October 25th, 
1991 as part of a Halloween special. Man. Uh, although if you were in Canada, you saw it on Halloween on in 1990. So they got it a whole year earlier. Wow. And it was on Halloween. That's pretty cool. And on Halloween. I mean, Nickelodeon pretty close. Mm. So, uh, Arthur the Dark revolved around a group of teenagers who referred to themselves as the Midnight Society. And I'm going to tell you right now, amazing concept. I love it. Right? It's so good. So good. Uh, I, as a child, watching Arthur the Dark, which absolutely terrified me. Same. Um, And I think, if I'm being honest, is scarier than Goosebumps. Um, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, certainly the the TV show. Yes. There was one particular episode, if I'm remembering correctly. Dead Man's Float. What? I'm just going to predict you're going to say Dead Man's Float. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the one. Uh, it was It was the classic story of... The um, girl who is a ghost, but like the boy spends the day with her and then goes to her house. Oh, I think there might be more than one of those. But yes, I know what you're talking about. That was the first time that I encountered like that specific story, which will Ah. become like every single ghost story ever told (laughs) at a certain point. It's just like so many of them are that story. Like, oh, I knew this person and then they weren't real. They were, they had died 10 years ago. What? What? That episode of, are you afraid of the dark is the first time that I encountered that. And it's just, yeah, there's so many of those stories now. So I think, I think part of it is that are you afraid of the dark is very definitely aimed at an older audience in goosebumps. Hmm. Yeah. Like by which I mean, and I don't mean much older. Right. I just mean that if goosebumps target age is 11 to 12 based on its protagonists, are you afraid of the dark is clearly aiming for like 13 to 14. Like the actors in this show are definitely teens. Yes. They are not preteens. They are definitely teens. Mm-hmm. Uh and they are doing teen things. Like there's more talk about having watched many episodes of Ready Through the Dark, there's more talk about dating. There's more talk about like actual like relationships in the in Ari for the Dark. Uh and also that means that like I think that the the threat of the monster in Arthur the Dark can be more uh, serious. Like, people die for sure in Arthur the Dark. Like, that happens. Right, yeah. Even if not, like, in the episode, or not, like, graphically dying. They definitely are either implied to die or did die. Yeah, I feel like Goosebumps handles death strangely because sometimes characters die. Like, you know, in rewrites of uh, Monster Blood. You know, the the twins. Yeah, and And I guess Welcome to the Dead House. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. But it's inconsistent. And sometimes they treat, uh, uh, Jovial Bob treats death as like, you know, not a thing. Like, it's a threat more than an actual thing that exists. (sighs) Yeah, I I was just thinking about like um, Dead Man's Float, which is one of the more famous episodes of Ari for the Dark, in which a very scary skeleton haunts a pool. Um, But it like, it opens with like a child dying Whoa. uh like gotta see this. drowning in the pool shit. holy shit which is are we gonna have to do a are you afraid of the dark podcast <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i'll do it I'll, I'll watch more don't you you better believe it uh but like uh and then like the also the episode like very definitely has two character characters end up dating and like in a apparently physical relationship <laughs> which is not something that uh goosebumps would 
do. Also, it it goes with like the Friday Thirteenth, like the lifeguards making out and the kid drowns kind of thing. Mm. So again, heavier themes. Also, this is pretty wild for the '90s, and maybe it's this is me being like unaware of the level of progressive nativeness in the 90s but like there's definitely an episode where there is a uh like interracial couples are a thing in are you for the dark and i think that's pretty friggin' cool for the 1990s like yeah 1990 <laughs> the year like yeah that's pretty buck wild <laughs> yeah absolutely there are some interesting things in this particular episode the Gar- tale of the guardian's curse that i thought were interesting kind of like um, we'll get into it, but we've got a, a male protagonist and a female protagonist in this story. And normally you would have the girl being constantly grossed out about things. And, yes. you know, that's kind of the the, sto- the kind of gender role is just like the stereotype. And then the guy would be like the one who's like gung ho and like, oh, no, you know, why are you grossed out about that? Whatever. And it's it's cool because they're flipped Yeah, where you've got the male protagonist constantly being grossed out and weirded out by stuff. And the girl's just like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Let's keep going. You know, let's, what's, what's this about? You know? Uh, I'll, I'll, to finish, I think I got, I think I got sidetracked about this point because I got excited about, um, dead man's float. Uh, <laughs> but the midnight society, I love this idea yes. deeply. And as a kid envied its existence so much, like I wanted to be a part of this group so bad as a kid, <laughs> uh, they're a group of kids that meet in the woods in a secret location and they tell a scary story like every night or maybe on weekends when there's no school in the morning. I don't know. But that's so cool. I wanted friends who did that. I wanted a secret couch in the woods, even though that couch would be so gross. God. Uh, you could totally do that in a, in a podcast form. Like you could get a bunch of friends and then like they write like stories and then. You could do yeah, that. Yeah, you do like a yes. But the cool thing about this show that I didn't remember until we watched it, uh, watched this episode, is that they've got not only the, the standalone stories. But you've also got the stories of the individual kids who have clear, defined personalities. And yes. every episode, yeah. it, it's like got a, a, a continuity to it that I, I t- that was totally like lost on me. They are often themed around an issue facing the kid in their life at the time, or they'll mention it. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the stories are often themed around certain things with regards to specific kids. Like the tale of the laughter in the dark which is the clown episode uh uh the one of the girls is scared of clowns well there you <laughs> go so there very you go reasonable um yeah very God, reasonable. mario you are you are a are you afraid of the dark aficionado it i've is... watched a lot of it i haven't watched i don't i've not watched all of it at least not since i was a kid but i have watched quite a bit of it um <laughs> and there and there are a few episodes that are like still pretty pretty choice yeah um, uh, i was just telling rachel like when we finished re-watching this morning that like this is hands down better than any goosebumps like uh tv show episode we've seen so far shit <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean it's, it was just so enjoy i i've been like quiet on my feelings toward arl stein which is that this dude fucking sucks okay <laughs> i'm just gonna let it hang out there and having watched, um, what was it like the second part of Monster Blood Two for the the show? 
Oh, for the show. Sorry. And uh, yeah. I said sorry to the mic because I was not looking at it while I was talking. Sorry, Mike. Love you. <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then this a TV episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which they were just so enjoyable. I, you know, looked forward to watching them again. I do. I am not. I am hesitant on being bored for an hour and a half reading R.L. Stein book. I'm just going to put it out there. These are so fucking good, even as an adult. Um, Rachel, you just got to hold out hope that Let's Get Invisible is another banger. <laughs> you just got to hold out hope that I'll, Let's Get Invisible is going to be an absolute banger. <laughs> I'm going to cross my fingers. At some point, we're going to get to Haunted Mask. At some point, At we're going to get to Haunted Mask. And you know that's good. Like, Haunted Mask, uh, classic. Like, like we, you know it's good. Not, <laughs> not classic like, you know, oh, that's a classic Goosebumps book. That's a classic horror story. That is it's true. Like, that inspired a fear of wearing masks in stores for me. I mean, I think you got a fact. I think, I think that Goosebumps suffers from the problem that R.L. Stein wrote what, like 48 of these? Lots <laughs> like, of them. Uh, in like a very short time and was knocking these out like once a month. <laughs> uh, they can't all be bangers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's they're, a good point. They're going to be a lot of a lot of wide swings. I you know? yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I I I think I was taking it personally. Like it's just cuz I remember being I, like the covers were so scary to me, but then I remember yeah. popping up a book being like this was it. You felt a little hoodwinked. Yeah. <laughs> and but as far as I get that I mean, yeah. <laughs> as far as the show goes, there's multiple writers though. And yeah. they're done in seasons and, you know, you just kind of you write them all together with other people and you don't have to have the weight of this story like thrust upon you. And yeah, so that's a good point. And plus, plus they're and I mean, yeah, also they're uh, unlike the the Goosebumps books where they're writing or Arl Stein's writing for like a page count or a word count. These are like these have to be like really tight stories. So like the thing on the cover, if they had one, has to be kind of the thing in the show. Like whereas Arl Stein can spend thirteen of fifteen chapters not talking about a mummy because he has to fill time. See, yeah, and, and that's what I was thinking too. But when I think about the most recent um story that he did where he just kind of like the story starts in the middle and he just threw all this shit. I it just seemed like, well, if you just took out what you put in the beginning start started where the mm-hmm. story start and then just kept going mm-hmm. to some sort of just fucking pants it till you get to some sort of resolution <laughs> yeah, it would have been ha- better than what the hell he represented i was thinking represented. when uh we were uh, like doing that and i i don't know why i think i forgot to mention it but i was thinking that you could actually like the way that that story is structured it could be <laughs> you could just take alien versus predator and just <laughs> switch it and just have kids being there and then the aliens and the predators are like mummies and that's it. That's your story. <laughs> like the way that it starts in, in like they just really quickly, even alien versus predator knew we got to get to the aliens. A predator and an alien there. The predators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It's like that. Uh, It's like that comic that I sent in the discord that someone made. Like a, it's like a two page newspaper comic of Curse of Mummy's Tomb, and it literally is the entire story in like six panels, <laughs> and it doesn't tr- need to trim anything. Like it doesn't feel rushed because nothing happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So 
uh, is that it for uh, uh, talking about? Uh, That's my backstory. I, I mean, you know, you know, it's a quick one. It's a quickie. <laughs> Um, yeah. But that's what we're talking about. If you remember Snick, if you're a real 90s kid Fuck and you yeah. wanted to sit on that orange couch, and if you were like me and you hid behind your own couch when the Are You Afraid of the Dark oh. intro came on, because oh, yeah. uh, it was too scary, uh, <laughs> then you know what we're talking about. I, I closed my eyes and I stuck my my hands over my ears. Yep. Um, Because that shit's scary. And we had it turned on this morning Bob was like turning it's it on. It's still scary. Yeah, and I was it's like, so God good. damn it! That's <laughs> I, know. I watched it at three a.m. last night, and it was like, Oh fuck you, <laughs> dude! I, I have my first note in my notes is the intro is legit scare, like scarier than anything in Goosebumps. My first note is intro is still scary as absolute shit. Um, <laughs> which, hey, you know what? This is a great segue. Let's talk about that intro. Yeah, what's in that intro? What makes that intro so scary? That fucking doll. Yeah. <laughs> No man, it's fucking that, gross. It's that uh, that that uh, that creepy singing. Oh, oh yeah, well, I that's, love yeah, it. That's a given. It, Ew, like. It's 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 very like faintly melodic. Like it's not yeah. really even a song. It's yeah. more just like a mood piece. It's it's a Halloween music CD being played. <laughs> like that is doing uh, it a disservice. I I'm trying to be very positive about Halloween music. <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> that's important context to know. Mario enjoys. <laughs> I like spooky sound CDs. Yeah, in the car when he's driving to work. He's constant. Yeah, he's got that haunted <laughs> house music. That would creep me out <laughs> if someone it's, pulled up to me and they were just playing like haunted music <laughs> in their car <laughs> like i'm getting the fuck yeah, away <laughs> pulls up next to you window down and you just hear like see you know uh, it's very different from me where mine is just a uh, sound effect cd that i'm constantly listening to <laughs> Glass breaking uh, <laughs> car. That's mine is uh, clearly better. You know, if I pull up to a girl, they're gonna hop in the car immediately. Like, yeah, uh-huh. this guy's yeah. mysterious. <laughs> this guy's cool. <laughs> this guy's cool. Uh, but uh, the uh, the vibes of the Are You for the Dark opening are powerful. It, it, like it's like. What's weird about it is watching it as an adult, you realize there is nothing in it that's actually like m- directly threatening. Mm. Like it's just like a- an abandoned swing set in the fog, a boat on the shore in the fog, like going through a creaky screen door in the fog. <laughs> it's a lot of fog. A lot of fog. Uh like abandoned attic, like some abandoned house uh yeah and the attic has like a, a doll in it riding a rocking horse like it's very like not there's no monster in it there's no jump scare or something happening it's just like very creepy stuff yeah it allows you to use your mind to fill in the blanks exactly like it, yes. it knows yes. what it's doing which is so quintessential to horror it needs to yeah. know yeah rl <laughs> I mean, like, I would say even now as an adult, I have had nightmares about what I imagine the house in the Eye for the Dark opening to be. Like, mm-hmm. I can think of nightmares I have had in the last 10 years that are basically that house. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about it, too, because it is just a house. It is. And th- yeah. that's the that's the thing that I feel like horror d- can do really well and reach. It, it kind of can reach out into the real world and just grab things that... Why do we find 
just no lights on, uh, just a, a swinging uh, swing set, like in or in the middle of a house. Where the fuck was I going with that? <laughs> yeah, a swing set in the eerie. middle of your house. Why, why is, is that eerie? Why is that? I've I, got a swing set in my kitchen. Why is that strange? <laughs> yeah, yeah a swing set. I don't know. It's it's weird because it. I, I get for me because like when I think of a house. I think of my own mind and any area mm. for which I might be afraid to, like, Visit. discover or yeah. to to come across. You know, you know. I I think it's I think it's like it hits you with this like who was here last exactly kind of yeah oh, like for the okay. swing set like, thing that makes perfect sense because yeah. it's just like oh is it swinging because of the wind. Or did someone bump into it, or was it just like just put it? who is this on it? Yeah. And like yeah. to Rachel's point, it's like I think when you're moving through the house, there's this idea you, the viewer, has that like at any point the camera might turn and reveal somebody, right? Like yeah. that some someone or something could be there because it's like a place where there should be something. Mm. Um, and also there is like a droning soundtrack that's like. It's so good. It's so good. So yeah, again, it's it's like vibes, and yeah, it's like you're painting a picture with your mind. Yeah, yeah, using um, paint that that is reality that exists, things that exist, things that you. I'm painting my kids... mind picture with my my reality paint. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my metaphor was done. You don't have to rub it in. No, it's a good. Asshole. That's really good. No, I like that. Oh, you I like it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing about me. I can't tell picture. when people are making fun of me or not. <laughs> I was not making fun of you. I think that's a great sentence. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> oh, man. My deep, dark secret. I can't tell when people are mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so we what's so we cut from really cool intro, which is amazing, to um, like... Goofy funny guy. Goofy music. funny. Oh, which my. is a fucking relief if you're me. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, it's like, well, that, I think they know that. I think that's yeah, like intentional. Like, cut the, cut the tension like right there. Yeah, yeah. That's the the other thing that I've I've been I'm writing this video about this terrible horror game that I played a, a, like last year, and one of the things that I wrote like basically a uh, like a book like legitimately i've written like maybe a thousand words on this one subject alone or not a thousand probably like more like probably more than a thousand definitely not a book baby but you know (laughs) (laughs) flash fiction i wrote a goosebumps book i wrote a goosebumps book about (laughs) tension and how like people who understand tension can really fuck with you. And it's really important when you're doing horror to really nail tension and when and how to release it and when to like stockpile it. And just like, oh man, I think, I think um, like Ari Aster does a fantastic job yeah. with tension. Yeah. It, to the point yeah. where the ending of Hereditary is just like almost so much tension is built up throughout that entire movie. The ending of it is just, it, it's so, it releases so much tension that it almost becomes like a comedy in that yeah. you're just laughing because it's just all of this insane shit is happening. Mm-hmm. And it's finally like, Oh my God, it's been building to this. It's so, Oh, I'm so happy that it's finally like re- letting me go. You know, I completely agree. I think that's exactly true of the best kind of, uh, tense horror writing or indeed any media writing that, that works in tension. As someone who I grew up reading uh, a, a historical romance was thrust upon me by my grandmother. Long story. 
but anyway, and (laughs) uh, (laughs) wink. (laughs) Anyway, but I read a story a couple years ago. It's one of my favorite stories. I won't get into it, but this woman did not want to relieve any romantic tension. Period. By the time I got to the end, that was the only time she decided. Oh, now we're you're going to get relieved. I was in tears. I was bawling, and all they (laughs) literally did was kiss. What the fuck? (laughs) You have got to relieve that tension because you can build it back up again. And that's why we're on because it Mm -hmm. feels like a roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I've I've likened horror to roller coaster a lot because it's, it it really is pretty similar, especially when the high, uh, the highs and lows of like, I mean, you can easily argue that a jump scare is a tension reliever, basically. I mean, that's, yeah, it's work, but yeah, like, I mean, uh, the thing about like of roller coaster, like Final Destination, like how many of the scenes in Final Destination are like, oh my god, oh he's gonna t- t- that fucking piece of wood is gonna go right through this guy's head, mm-hmm. and you're waiting for it to happen, and then it finally does. It's like uh, almost a comedy beat because you're like, full okay, finally, like <laughs> yeah. And I think to that end, the creators of Arya for the Dark know they can't like just go from the opening of Arya for the Dark directly into an episode of spooky ghost time is now they have to go to like another thing something that they can rebuild the tension Mm -hmm. uh hence why we get um fun music and uh come back here you little toad come back here little toad Uh, (laughs) toad is a is a insult that i feel like needs to make a resurgence bring it back yeah let's let's bring it back so so yeah we're introduced to our 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 midnight society um the only characters whose names i learned for the purpose of this episode are the only ones that matter uh (laughs) which are gary and tucker uh gary who's a the the stern older brother and tucker who is i wrote a petulant child yeah Um, classic younger brother who apparently then this is what I was talking about Gary and Tucker uh, go through like they actually have yeah. character um arcs arcs and yeah. throughout the show I I looked it up like they grow older and yeah. like you follow their journey through the midnight society and eventually out of it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah Tucker Tucker becomes like the head of the society in later seasons uh as like the only legacy character cuz he would be the one that stays around Right. And doesn't go off to like high school or college. Right. Um, and again, Gary comes back for the movie mm-hmm. that, or the miniseries that Nickelodeon did um, where the ghosts are real. <gasps> um, <sighs> That's such a lame. Um, I, I, I know. I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. Like if, if you twist it where at the end it turns out like they were telling a story the entire time. That That's cool. Yeah. But I like that more. Ghosts being real uh, in this universe. Uh, that just kind of. I don't love it. The I whole point it. is the that it's that. a real thing that this could be happening. That kids are going into the woods and like saying these yeah. stories. And then. The, yeah. The fantasy is the stories themselves. So, I would like to talk a bit uh, for a, just a brief moment about the setup for this episode, <laughs> which is that Tucker has stolen Gary's onk. Quote: okay. Gary, he stole my onk. Other characters, what's an onk? Tucker, back off, Godzilla, and I'll show you. <laughs> I, I have that exact quote written down. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also Tucker, they tell him that the, Tucker needs to ask politely for the onk, and he says, he asked to borrow Gary's onk, and I have written down the most Canadian way possible. Uh, his accent on borrow is yeah, that's wild. <laughs> like, what is it? It's an onk. You should have asked. You're always taking my stuff. Tucker, ask him. Can I borrow your onk? 
I exactly. I didn't that hear is, it. Oh my! You I didn't missed hear it. it. Okay, uh-huh. so can I, it's uh, like, can I borrow? No, no, <laughs> he, he was like, borrow, 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 borrow. Can I borrow your your? <laughs> that's it's why. I, that's why I said at the beginning, intense. like, of course this is Canadian because when he said borrow, I was like Canadian. This is absolutely Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the exact same inflection of sorry. <laughs> it's like borrow. Uh, yes. <laughs> So Tucker goes into this monologue, and I think this monologue <laughs> is actually hilarious, uh, because yeah. he says of the Ankh, quote, it's an ancient symbol that everybody knows. Tucker, in the last 30 seconds, <laughs> you have established that literally no one except you and your brother know what this fucking is. <laughs> so this story is not going to work. Like, this story is going to bomb. <laughs> Uh, then he says it means life which is true Uh, my story is full of ancient symbols but you have to know how to read them like the Ankh it means life and that's good but you have to be careful because sometimes life can be far worse than anything you can imagine including death (laughs) now okay so then then life is not good (laughs) Tucker in this this. yeah (laughs) life is good except when it's death it's not yeah, except, except when, when it's, it's not. not. <laughs> also, I just really quickly want to go back and say, and uh, I have a uh, thing in my notes. I, you got to appreciate a friend who will just grab anybody when you tell him to yeah. at a moment's notice. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. the older brother, uh, what was his name? Gary. He was like, yeah. grab him. And then two of his buds immediately like grab Tucker and like hold him up. <laughs> I would know. I don't know if this is significant or not, but the guy, the, the larger boy that grabs him. Uh, he and Gary tell like a split story in a in a two parter episode of Fire for the Dark. Oh, cool! Like they share a story together. That's right. Um, so they may be pretty close buds. Um, <laughs> real real buds. Yeah, real pals um, for life. Uh, they're story pals for life. Uh, <laughs> and then we do the classic submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Classic line. Classic. Amazing. Everyone knows it incredible line mm-hmm. and they throw a bunch of laundry detergent on a fire and it explodes uh- <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine the midnight society but instead of uh you know whatever they're throwing into the fire it's just like a squirt of gasoline and <laughs> as as they fucking flashbangs <laughs> 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 yeah, when when the American when American Civil War Part Two comes out, uh, I'm gonna Whoa. throw a fucking grenade and say submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. <laughs> Just to tell yeah. you being when I'm dead. barricading myself in the home to beat back the Ruskies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can't you uh, uh pay a little bit of money or like some bitcoin or whatever to the uh, <laughs> ukrainian folks who are writing messages on uh ukrainian oh, bombs shit. and shit we should oh, pay for that shit. and write submitted for the approval of the midnight <laughs> society honestly you, you can write viewer beware you're in for a scare <laughs> Russian beware, you're in for a scare. <laughs> Viewer beware, you're in for a scare. If you see this, you are. So it's really, um, Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Your soul! <laughs> <laughs> the tale of the dead... <laughs> the, the tale dead of the dead fascist. you! Uh, the tale of dead you. Um, uh, so... Uh, so this is in Canada, this show, we'd like to note. But uh we cut to we we open on a construction team in what appears to be the basement of a museum. A paper mache museum. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they are um, very Brooklynian Canadians. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is Canadians uh, doing a real good New York hey, accent. Hey. Uh, they're, they're complaining because there's a wall that's not on the blueprints. Yes. Uh, that there's not supposed to be there. And so, as any good construction crew does, they just, like, break that fucker down <laughs> and... What's uh, load baron? Hey, hey, <laughs> and the guy, the guy says, "Looks like it's from uh, Egypt or uh, some kind of a tumor." <laughs> <laughs> he literally says it just like that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's uh, from Egypt or something. Uh, some kind of tomb. Yeah, and there are clearly <laughs> hieroglyphics on it. <laughs> so. It's it's it's. I also don't know if they say it's a tomb. It is a crate yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. wooden shipping crate yeah like, it, is, it is a the, behind this wall is just a clearly wooden crate with hieroglyphics on it, it <laughs> or a really good a guess sense, like <laughs> yes it's mayhap it was a mummy case oh <laughs> no <laughs> it was a goddamn I mean, box no. <laughs> i mean no it's a it's a fucking box i was gonna say is this a good time to mention that uh apparently mummy case mummy cases are an actual thing and i uh, i don't know about you guys but i thought in the last episode that mummy case was just a fun way of saying sarcophagus because sarcophagus yes, yeah. was just a word that ki- was sixth grade level word not and, you know, the, yeah the third, exactly third grade reading level yeah but apparently mummy cases are a thing and they hold sarcophagi i don't know exactly how it works but apparently they're a thing anyway however however after learning this i did look up what they were to see if maybe Arl Stein was correct. And the answer to that is no. Yes. Arl Stein is still wrong uh, about what mummy cases are. He's using a correct term, but uh, the stuff he's describing are very clearly sarcophagi. Yes. Like they are stone coffins containing a mummy with carved with the relief of the mummy's face on them. Uh, whereas like a mummy case is made of like, was it wood? Like wood or like uh, papyrus, like right, yeah, like thickened papyrus. Like it, it's a, it is not a stone case carved thing. Like it's a, it's a thinner container. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so still wrong, but he is not making the term up. Yes. So, which is what I thought. So. That's all I wanted to say. Like I thought it was just a dumb, in our defense, like, mummy case <laughs> does not in sound our- real. It sounds like we're being, It sounds like something someone made up. <laughs> like someone had to have made that. Like they see it and it's like, uh, it's some sort of mummy case over here. And it just do we, stuck. Do we have a word for this? <laughs> uh, mummy, uh, mummy, case? mummy vase. Does that work? Mummy no. box. <laughs> Box of mummy. <laughs> Put that mummy in the mummy box. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of hilarious uh, New York accents, uh, quote, ain't these things supposed to have curses on them or something? Yeah. <laughs> ain't these things supposed to have curses on them or something, huh? Get out of here. You watch too many movies. You watch too many movies. Yeah, you watch too many <laughs> horror movies. Get out of here. You watch too many horror movies. And then immediately. Uh, and then they the, drop the crate. Yeah, immediately the forklift yep. driver fucks up. Yep. And, and then our sarcophagus appears. So there is a sarcophagus in there. Yes. Uh, I wanted to note, I think I have a note at this point that like this show is shot so differently than Goosebumps. Yes. Like it looks so different mm-hmm. from Goosebumps. 
Uh, I can't explain it. I don't know what exactly it is. I don't know what they're filming on. It might be the the nature of what they're filming on, but like Goosebumps looks like a Fox Kids show. Do you know? Like yes, this is it, a. It looks like you're watching it on a Fox Kids. This is a problem that I see a lot. I PBS vibes. Yeah, yeah. And I love PBS, but yeah, it feels like local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I think yeah. Goosebumps, <laughs> the, there's a clear yeah. marked difference between uh, uh, different types of video cameras and lenses, and mm-hmm. people vastly underestimate the cinematic quality that you can get from uh, you know different types of cameras versus others. It feels like Goosebumps was kind of a um, TV like station camera that they were using. Yeah, uh, where it's uh, that those cameras are meant more for capturing like a whole area and uh, not really focused on like having dynamic range. So uh, those cameras are really kind of like inelegant. They're just kind of like you know in terms of tools, they're more like a hand. I would whereas... definitely describe. Goosebumps, the TV show, as inelegant. Um, (laughs) I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, I I mean, I guess it is an insult, but like, that just is the way the show is. It's not an. There's no nuance to Goosebumps, the TV show, and I don't think there has to be. But like, compared to this, where like shots have like very like dynamic specific lighting. Yes, they have camera angles that are that are interesting. I was going to say like. This the, people underestimate the the quality of cam- that cameras can you know the, the different types of cameras. It's kind of like watching red letter media in the past and kind of how their shots are really kind of flat. And but now since they've got Canon cameras and the specific, I think they they're using I forget which kinds they're using, but they're using like cinematic like um, uh, cameras, and the the quality immediately is noticeable just in the color depth in the way that yeah. the sh- and that's the other thing mario you absolutely nailed it like um uh, blocking of shots lighting these are very simple things just lighting alone can completely change a shot and it really yeah. feels like you know when i say that you know uh goosebumps is kind of shot like you know it's a news uh, a news station crew that's like out just shooting these things cuz you know that's the only thing that they have you know and they're all their experiences shooting live shots that's what i kind of mean it's not only the camera it's also the fact that the lighting is pretty much you know, like as it is you know they just come into a scene and they're like oh it kind of shot documentary style i guess or they just take it as it is there's like there's like there's no texture to Goosebumps episodes, right? Um, and there's a lot of texture to this show. Yes, um, there's a lot to like, and the blocking of the shots, the the, the way that you know the shots, are, and the where I was going to go is uh, more Monster Blood was the closest that uh, yeah, actually Goosebumps yeah. has gotten to Are You Afraid of the Dark so far. They, I would actually very much agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, j- not not just in the shooting, but also uh, definitely not, uh, not the prop department. Holy shit! But <laughs> then again, are you afraid uh, of the dark? These are some crazy. Some of the props we'll get to. Holy shit! What the fuck? They're not good. That doesn't make <laughs> any sense. But um, yeah, like uh, even in the editing, like the match cut in uh, uh, more Monster Blood was just like what? this is. They're having fun anyway. I digress. Uh, teens. Hey, teens. Hey, teens. Uh, you've just arrived at the museum. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and also the accents just immediately drop away. The only people who have them are oh. lower class construction workers. It's construction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like all construction workers in the world are from Brooklyn, if you ask them. Right? <laughs> 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 um, 
uh, Brooklyn's number one export is construction workers, and they're just seeding <laughs> them all over the world. Uh, but yeah, no, the teens and the, their dad are clearly not in New York. They're definitely Canadian. Um, they're yeah. So the I mean, are, are, the streets were empty when they pulled yes. up to the museum. Yep, it's like <laughs> no traffic, no cars. Where, where is this supposed to be? Like, are they supposed to I be d- in D.C. or like New York? That's a good point. I don't think they because, Toronto. I think D.C. because D.C. has the uh, uh, natural or the history museum, and uh, D.C. has a shit ton of museums. My fair city has a museum with mummies in it. So, mm, like, true. so I mean, you, you can definitely do this. Yeah. That's uh, true. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't know. It it doesn't really give a sense of place, but it doesn't really feel like it's meant to be a big city in the way that like they when they eventually go to their house, that does not look like a big city house. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that looks like we're meant to be like in the boonies kind of house. Um, I don't know. Uh, I didn't get that vibe. I got like sort of the suburbs like right outside the city. I think of Washington mm, DC, guess, yeah. and I think of like a lot of the suburbs that are right outside, and there are mm. these. Houses that look like they have a lot of shit in them. <laughs> you know, I just realized because they don't have like uh, scenes of them actually going to their house or like biking or driving. Yeah, to their it's literally house. just the museum right. in the house. It, yes, it, yes. Because of yes. that, I kind of in my mind was thinking that they live in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it kind of feels that. That would be cool. <laughs> um, uh, I would also say the streets in the city they're in are really like wide and yeah. empty, which does not feel like an American city. And maybe I'm just import imprinting on this show, but like the way that this the scene is shot when they come to the museum, as he said, there are no cars anywhere, right? And it's just like <laughs> it doesn't look like a a big city, like yeah, no, I don't know what it lo- I don't know what it looks like. I don't know, I don't know. It's like bizarre. Um, <laughs> Some it's like an alien world, Canada. The city <laughs> is a mystery. Um, but it's Josh and Cleo, our main our main protagonists. Josh and, and our narrator, Cleo, you say? Uh huh. Cleo, you might notice. Cleo, uh, yeah. Uh, and also the very Egyptian name of Josh. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so uh, the, the Pharaoh Josh. <laughs> listeners, you might be confused. Uh, there, uh, these are uh, Josh and Cleo, and their dad. Is the professor the professor who is the head uh, or kind of the second in charge? I I guess of this I don't museum. know. The, I don't even know what he's a professor of. <laughs> like, Egypt uh, of stuff. Uh, I think more than Egypt <laughs> stuff <laughs> like things. Uh, Paper mache. He's a and our narrator lets us know that their mom is dead. Yes, right off the bat, uh, and that the professor knows a lot about ancient stuff, but not much about taking care of kids. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, the dude's a workaholic. Wah, wah, wah. He's yeah. a workaholic. Yeah. They're they're in fact supposed to be going on vacation on a ski trip, but he's been called to the museum. We know because they found the sarcophagus, but the kids are like, wah, wah, Dad, we want to go to the mountains and go skiing or whatever. Stop being such a square. <laughs> <laughs> they're well, under the impression that. Oh, what were you going to say? Well, it's it's. The kids are dressed. They're all dressed. They're in the car. They're supposed to be heading toward the ski place or whatever. And it's just like, no, I'm going to make a pit stop. It's yeah, no, they're clearly going skiing like right now. Yeah. Like like, they've got (laughs) ski, like really thick ski jackets on, like they're ready to go. (laughs) And in fact, uh, I forget that. Oh, we should definitely mention who the actor is for, uh, what was his name? 
Josh? Say Josh. Yeah, Josh. Josh? We know who that actor is. Oh, like Pete. He was like Pete and Pete, right? And then also yes. like, hey, dude. Yes. Uh, or uh, Salute yes. Your Shorts. Yes, I salute do Salute Your Shorts. Him. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That is. Oh, wait, he wasn't Pete and Pete. Those are two other different redheads, I think. <laughs> Now, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, right I get y'all confused. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. Danny Cooksey. There he is. He he's not listed under the story cast on the wiki. He's listed under special guest star. So that's well, that's he is a special guest. He's a very special guest. That kid, I it really brings back memories because he is like I associate him explicitly with my childhood. <laughs> no, he has oh, a yeah. very uh, '90s TV actor look and i think it's because he was on a bunch of stuff i guess it turns out he's also like a pretty prolific voice actor yeah yeah um yeah. it looks like he was on a bunch of stuff he was it, yes he holy crap he was the voice of montana max yeah in tiny tunes yeah what yeah yeah he did a uh, yeah tiny tunes was another i was looking up his imdb and it was just like Oh my oh. god, I totally forgot about Tiny Toons. Oh my god, he was the voice of Milo on Pepper Ann? That makes so much sense. <laughs> I haven't oh, seen that Pepper one. Pepper Ann, what's her name? Much too cool for seventh grade. Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, much too cool for seventh grade. Pepper Ann, she's like one a million. I love that show. Um, uh, in any case, he is maximum teen acting. Uh, in this show. I fucking <laughs> is, love it. He is extremely. He's the most teen a teen has ever been in this show. Up to and including playing a sweet riff on his guitar. Oh my god. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> I lost my mind when this happened. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> they arrive at the museum and they meet my favorite actor in this episode. Uh, the the uh, the director of the museum, Dr. Capel Smith. Um, See, isn't Dr. Capel Smith... I, it's a great question because he <laughs> they explicitly say Dr. Kegelsmith. In all my years, I'm on vacation, Dr. Kegelsmith. Five minutes and I'm gone. <laughs> Bob kept making it's real hard jokes. to figure out. <laughs> I okay, I'll play it here. It is like listener, decide for yourself. It's driving me insane, but his name changes halfway through this show. It does. I do think that. I do think that. He's that like halfway through they just change their saying his name. I don't know it, why. He is clearly Dr. Kegelsmith and then he becomes like P Capel Smith or whatever. I love him because he is so excited. He's like a kid in a candy store. He really is, yeah. And this actor is like going all in and what I learned is this actor is like a character actor in a lot of westerns uh, huh. and does not talk like this normally. He's like a very gruff like does he have Serious like a, a accent like yeah, he this? He talks like he talks like this. Oh, uh, he uh, talks. Like, <laughs> does he play a banker? Yeah, uh, maybe. And uh, this, he was in. Um, this dude is the most wild west Deadwood. banker motherfucker I have. He's ever in Deadwood, seen. and he may have. Uh, but what he sounds like in this episode is the uh, mayor from Blazing Saddles, <laughs> uh, who says, "Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo," <laughs> and he he's like that all the time. He's like, "We, you won't believe what we found. <laughs> this is the most exciting discovery I've ever seen." 
and he reveals to the professor the the sarcophagus. Which the professor immediately is like, "Shut the fuck up!" And we look at this motherfucking sarcophagus. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> like he, I think I need to get in there. <laughs> I think Kegel Smith is like talking to him, and and the the professor is like in front of him, and he just kind of like waves him, like puts his hand up, like puts <laughs> the hand over mouth, like shh. <laughs> <laughs> Snowboarding it's, it's is canceled. A, yeah, yeah. I literally have snow ski trip canceled. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it, the sarcophagus is from the Egyptian Temple of Light, which was robbed in 1921. Not real. Nope. Obviously, um, it looks like shit. Oh, there, yeah. The, there is that. <laughs> the face is not good. <laughs> they uh, bless their hearts. They didn't. They couldn't pull this one off. <laughs> Look, you gotta make you gotta make a mummy so that you can like dangle cords off of it and it, like make it, it looks look like, like it's moving. It's lo- it looks like something you would paint in your fourth grade art class. Yes, like I could it looks paint like, that. <laughs> if you if you if you ever did like the paper mache masks of yes. yourself, mm-hmm. and then had to like figure out skin tone using paint (laughs) it looks like it looks like that like where they've where someone thought well okay skin kind of looks like wood right (laughs) like like if you get like a nice mahogany like (laughs) that's the mummification process it makes your skin turn into coffee ski ship canceled yes josh says uh no vacation no skiing no life uh, and he also keeps smacking his fucking lips, yes. and he won't stop doing it. I never, I never noticed that oh, either. Wow. He's like, he's like, no vacation, no skiing, no. <laughs> I, I are you guys lying? I'll, 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 play, I'll play right here. He Listener, you decide for yourself. No vacation, no skiing, no life. <laughs> it's really very noticeable. I'll make sure to emphasize the the smacking too. I'll like increase the decibels of it, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> no skiing. As he does it. No, <laughs> yeah, like it needs to get higher with each time. He... <laughs> does <it>. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I don't, I don't remember. Well, it happens. <laughs> it's gross, and it's gross. I have in my notes here. Also, there's a clear theme here. Uh, and an understanding of what being a bad parent is, which is pretty cool in a kid's show. Yeah. I mean, the, very clearly, the, the dad is prioritizing work over these kids. And it's, that's very definite. Um, uh, and uh, we go to his office. Uh, the director is like, very excited because he's going he's gonna to open an exhibit. He's going like, to make a lot of money. However, the, prof- the dad does note that this is stolen. Yes. <laughs> and like, you really can't do that. Like you, yeah. you really have to tell the police about this. Um, uh, the the Egyptian authorities, I should say, because I'm sure that the police in um Brooklyn, Canada, don't would be like, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, these things got some kind of curse on them. Hey, uh, get out of here! Pulls out their taser and starts tasing the sarcophagus. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> also, I just want to mention real quick uh, in this scene uh, where uh, the dad kind of uh, gets excited, really excited, uh, yeah. excited enough to completely forget about his kids. He actually shoves past Cleo. He kind of knocks her out of the way. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> oh my God. It was so I didn't funny. notice that. He got so excited. He just kind of shoved her out of the way real quick. It was, it was extremely good. I mean, he's a bad dad. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I also, but I did, I did like in the lab where Josh is just pouring shit yes. out of beakers yes, yes, yes. into other beakers. It's so good. <laughs> so teen. Which. So cool. Okay. Again, 
to go back to what does the dad do? Why does the professor of <laughs> archaeology have these beakers with acid in them that are like just like being poured into shit? What is what is this? Look, like a lot of chemicals and stuff are used in like uh, art restoration. Yes, and, uh, to the point where it, it sometimes you need to actually wear a mask. Yeah. In this specific instance, I have no fucking idea why you would have two chemicals that, if combined, react just like react that. by like foaming up a lot foaming. and over and heating up. I, I assume I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, this may not be visible in the scene, but it does come up later. So it goes to my question of what the hell this dad is the presser of. <laughs> uh, in a later scene in this lab, you can clearly see that he has a giant poster of snake anatomy on his door. <laughs> Why? Look, they had to film somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it's neat. The kids' biology classroom was the only place available. <laughs> it's cool. Some more backstory here. The uh, director is like, the sarcophagus of Mina the Guardian, here. <laughs> uh, and so Mina the Guardian, uh, and, and immediately, come on, guys. <laughs> like, that's, come on. <laughs> that, mm -mm, that's not, mm -mm. I did look it up. Mina is actually an Egyptian name. Oh, there you go. For men. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Specifically, Egyptian Coptic Christians used it ah. <laughs> for men. So. Okay. So mm. I have to emphasize this. Quote, mm. Mina was a goddess. The ancient Egyptians believed that she used her ring of eternity to bring forth life from the earth every spring. Quote from Josh. She should have used the ring on herself. Maybe she wouldn't be stuck in this old box. And then he slams on the uh, box a bunch of times. Yep. And I yep. wrote, Josh, don't bang on the thousands of years old historical artifact, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it's a good point. interesting because like, yes, <laughs> he he's, he's right. And maybe he will be proven right. Mm. Uh, I was like watching this, like this, this. This story fucking writes itself as it's going. Like, yeah, because then the then the director or the professor is like, but she was she's beneficent, but she is also vindictive with the power to turn her enemies into stone. And it's like, all right, well, there's the story. All right, yep, there's the story. Of this episode, <laughs> like, um, can they also open the sarcophagus at this point? Which, by the way, if it's stolen, you probably shouldn't be doing. Just gonna put that out there. Yep. Um, yeah, the, uh, is that ever revisited? Like. Because I remember specifically Dr. Um, Kegelsmith was like talking about how it was stolen. Like this was clearly stolen. And then he was like, oh, we can't let anyone know because then yeah. the Egyptians will want it back. Mm -hmm. Like, wh <laughs> whatever. Um, I <laughs> we're just going to uh, blow past that one. But uh, anyway. Well, I mean, by the, by the end of this, um, they definitely can't let the authorities know. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, so absolutely. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they cleared um, up that plot hole real quick. But um, I, I have in my notes for this specific part when the when they see the mummy. Yeah. Um, I love how Josh is perpetually grossed out by everything that's happening while Cleo is just like, cool, fuck, yeah. Because in this scene, Josh very clearly is like, ugh, gr gross. The mummy is fucking awful. And Cleo, like, walks forward, toward it and is like, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I noted down that this mummy is um, really full-figured. <laughs> it's a, it's I, a really, real hourglass figure on I, this mummy. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I deleted it <laughs> because 
I'll say it. I don't mind. It's a real curvaceous mummy. <laughs> look, it's better that you say it because you have experience in this exact, well, not ex- this exact situation. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I get what you're saying. You deal with dead bodies. It's, you know. There's a lot of meat on those bones. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. A lot of chest meat. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a bodacious pod. This is... Uh, is this weird? Is this like I was like, wow, that is a really like, really hourglass feminine mummy. <laughs> like they really wanted you to know this is a woman. Like, so we've had our moment of this kind of mummy, this hot mummy, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's not like it's not like sexual, and it's not no. portrayed as like a hot mummy. I must stress, it's just like a weird, weirdly curvaceous <laughs> mummy where like they didn't have to do that. Like, like yeah, it's gonna have been a like a, a normal looking mummy, and it would have made a difference. Yeah, just like a, a um, normal ass mummy. But no, they had to like yeah emphasize certain features. <laughs> so because of what happens later, but we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. They go home, uh, which is where we get Josh playing the guitar. Uh, insert clip of Josh playing guitar because it's amazing. He's just like blink, 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 blink. <laughs> yeah, no, he's actually playing it. So Cleo made dad dinner, and Josh is like, "Don't feed him. We're gonna starve him out." <laughs> yeah, you know, I found. <sighs> I thought I just thought it was sad because she's playing sister and wife. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and you know they they approach him, she gives him his dinner and they approach him and ask about the ski trip and he doesn't say anything. And they no, just, he just completely ignores them. Yeah, yeah, he just ignores them and they walk away and they yeah, just specifically they're like, "Uh, so about the ski trip." And the dad goes, "Hmm?" Yeah. And doesn't even look up at him. It's yeah. And then like sends them to go do work. Yeah, they it's like a resign. Like they don't even argue with him. Yeah. I think that if it were, it were me, I'd be like, Dad, let's just con you know, I, I think I'd be fighting with my but you but you can uh see just how many times they've had to go through this. It almost comes off as just like a this like helplessness that they've just accepted. This, this is just her dad, this is just the way it is. Why even Yeah, and I must say, like as as progressive as this show is at certain points in this area it is really fucking bad because it's all presented as though uh, we haven't mentioned it yet but there were a few comments i believe it was um what's his name i keep wanting to say max montana max sam sam Josh. <laughs> Josh. Josh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Montana Max. Save Max and Josh. I keep wanting to say Danny, but, uh, but uh, Josh. Uh, there was a specific uh, part where uh, Josh and Cleo are talking, and it's like, oh, he really needs a, you know, uh, a wife or something. Or you uh, know. Josh says what he needs is a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and or like, Josh or Cleo says it. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then there was the note from the kid at the beginning. Uh, who was narrating the story where he says like, oh yeah, their mom died. And so, yeah, and it's, it's the way that it's presented is as though there is a hole in their life and they aren't working to fix it. They're just trying, yeah. it's presented as they need a mom yeah. who will fix all of these problems. Mars, Mars needs moms. Mar- yeah. Mars, absolutely. Uh, Egypt needs moms. Yeah, the, the Egyptology wing of the museum needs moms. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
think we got to workshop that. Also, title, <laughs> they Josh does does list out that like several instances where this has taken their vacations away. Yes. Um, which it's like, man, bad timing several times in a row. That's pretty fucked up. Um, but uh. Because uh, is like, well, this is important, and Josh says, like, the important monkey bone that nuked our vacation last year, and I love that he used the term nuked for that, because <laughs> my immediate vision was, like, their dad finding a monkey bone, and, like, a ski resort exploding. <laughs> <gasps> a monkey bone! Kaboom! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I did, I did think like, man, what the fuck? This is wild. Uh, what I, my, my more like 2022 thought was it's wild to think someone could just cancel their whole vacation like this. Yeah. 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 Like the, the amount of money you've spent, you, cause you can't just cancel last minute. Yeah. It's uh, not only the money, uh, I almost said mummy, <laughs> <laughs> not only the money, but like just the um to be a parent and not realize what this would have uh, how much of an impact this would have on your kids while also not realizing dad the the fucking mummy ain't going anywhere it's just yeah, gonna I mean yeah like why are you even giving a shit also this is stolen and it's not even your job to be doing this like yeah. it's actually you should be returning this and then Egypt can decide what to do with it right <laughs> like yeah. There are archaeologists in Egypt <laughs> that could be doing this. Yeah, it really makes um, me think like, you know, uh, we'll get there. Uh, but there, this actually, this story actually has something to say about the nature of um, employer and pl- employee and how maybe. I guess, I guess so. That- I mean, I, it, I, I don't, it's not like, I just got the impression that he's just way more passionate about his work than, I mean, definitely yeah. than his kid. It's not and like he feels that... compelled to just work. Like this dude For sure. wants to do this more right. than anything oh, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That that feeling, that that person, and uh, you're out there, listeners, uh, you uh, anyone who gets super passionate about their work, how someone can take advantage of that. Uh, I and see. how an employer might use you, yeah. and your passion, yeah. in situations. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree with that. I just don't know if in this case it it, it I just I, I think if Kegel Smith or whatever was just like, no, dude, you should really go on your vacation. I, you know, he I would have done it anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, yeah. He would have been hesitant um, to do that. Yeah, but... he maybe would have gone. I don't know. Yeah, but... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think both points are true i think that definitely in this case you can make the argument that his enthusiasm is being used yeah definitely um and if not like in an ordinary situation it's an employer using your enthusiasm to get you to do more work for less uh and in this case it's uh spoilers uh we'll save that for a minute and but uh (laughs) but also i think that he just yeah he's way more invested in his work than he is in being a dad uh yep and I don't actually know if the, that resolves by the end of this uh, no that, <laughs> episode. That's the thing that I'm I, I was setting up earlier. There is a specific thing that is solved, and it is a weird thing. Weird that, solution that the show <laughs> considers it a solution. But anyway, it's a weird solution. Uh, so Dad has discovered in his research, he's discovered that there are blood sacrifices made to Mina. Which, by the way, put that in your memory banks for a, for a minute <laughs> <laughs> for for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> To ensure a fruitful harvest, they were they were sacrificing human beings to this uh, uh, quote unquote goddess. Okay, Josh sure. again thinks that's gross. Um, which fair enough, Josh. Yeah, kind of with Josh on this one. Uh, but he also learns there was th- he learns there was an elixir of life. So there's a ring of life which brings eternity 
and an elixir which brings life. So remember that. <laughs> it might be important. Also, it is said again that the Ankh is the, quote, symbol of life. And holy shit, this episode- They say this a lot. Is determined to teach kids exactly what an Ankh is and that it's a symbol What's of so life. What's so fucking funny is the Ankh barely matters. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't matter in this episode at all. <laughs> like, uh <laughs> You can't even see. I'll get. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, there's a curse on the tomb as well. Mm-hmm. Torture and death, as the dad says, fairly standard. Which Josh points out is exactly what they did. <laughs> so you fucked us. Thanks, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> From a ski trip to a curse. Thanks, Dad. So we 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 reach our no vacation point. Sad music plays. They must go now to the museum to pick up some new pictures for their dad. I don't know why. Yeah, did he even ask them? Because I just remember Clue being like, we'll just go get the pictures. Uh, I think he told them to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not asking. <laughs> like, I don't think it was yeah. a, a, a question. Gave them a mission. Um, Josh Christ. laments the vacation loss and have the plight of having an academic father. Um, and they go back to the office, and this was pretty wild, that the mummy is still just like out in the office. Yeah. Just have this thing like sitting on your desk. Like, it's a fucking mummy. <laughs> like, I mean, I know it's not going anywhere, but like... Yeah, it's got to be in like a glass case or something that's like temperature controlled. Like, Yeah, it's a fucking thousand years old. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, just throw it on the desk. It's fine. Just leave it there. Uh, put some... I put I put my magazines on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it starts coming apart, we can just make some more paper, paper mache and put it on the face. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can just cut some newspaper strips and <laughs> uh, put some Marmaduke on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, sl- slap a Marmaduke on it, cover up any holes. Uh, I'm, sli- <laughs> I'm saving the mouth for Garfield. <laughs> um, at this, so John, Josh is mad. So John, John, <laughs> John, so Josh is mad, and he kicks a sarcophagus. Okay, which reveals a secret panel, which is the worst fucking secret panel in history. It has a big black square around it, yeah. and words <laughs> that might probably mean "open here." <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> like, and as, like, as Bob pointed out, uh, when we watched it, like for some reason, did not get jostled uh, open. No, when no. it tumbled it's, out, it's, it's, yeah, it's just it like, literally, <laughs> it's just set there. It's just like set in there gently, like it's not even sealed. No, <laughs> it looks like it was ma- it was held in by a magnet that they just like. Yeah. I'm sure that's how they did it with the prop, but like. It looks like it looks like one of those puzzles you'd have as a toddler where you put a shape into a, yes. a shaped hole. Like, it just looks like that where it's like barely, barely fit into this little <laughs> slot. <laughs> he didn't even um, like hard kick. No, he like no. tapped <laughs> with his foot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a very low effort discovery. Let me put it that. Way. <laughs> like, which, um, which, uh, yeah, he then treats as though, uh, he is the goddamn king of discoveries. Yes. And he yes. is, he's ba- babes love fame. <laughs> he says, yeah, he's going to get famous for this discovery. And he says, babe, babes love fame. Babe loves um, fame. Babe, the pig the loves fame. <laughs> um, I heard he went to the city. <laughs> well, he loves fame. Um, <laughs> So they uh, they pull out like a, a, a they pull out a vial on a ring. Would you believe the, the elixir and the ring are both here? <gasps> Very convenient. Cool. Uh, Cleo pulls it out and says while looking at them, 
It's an Ankh, the symbol of life. <laughs> I, I, the first time I watched this, I was like, well, no, it's not Cleo. It's definitely a bottle and a ring, and then neither <laughs> of those is an Ankh. But on watching it again, I can see very vaguely there is an Ankh on the bottle. <laughs> this is when you need a close-up in the show. You, the audience, cannot see this, and they don't do a close-up shot. So it's like, what? <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh no, the kids aren't going to know what an onk is. They're going to call any vial with any clear liquid in it of onk. <laughs> yes, yes, they will. Uh, the kids then fight for some reason, I don't know. Uh, Josh takes a ring, Cleo takes a vial, but she drops it and spills the elixir directly on the mummy. Uh-oh. Moisturizing it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the mummy's little female hand, her pretty it gets little immediately nails. moisturized. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because they they fight over it because he wanted to just. I think he just wanted to have it in his hand when he presented it to his yeah. dad or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. Really but when weird. it falls onto the mummy, he's like, "I'm literally not touching that. You have to pick that up." <laughs> <laughs> what a dweeb! <laughs> what a dweeb! They uh, then like it cuts to them like leaving. But they realize they forgot the pictures. They have to go back. It's a little bit of contrivance to get them out of the room yeah. for like four seconds. And they come back in and, uh-oh, <gasps> the mummy's gone. <gasps> and has left a very obvious clear trail of paper mache behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also funny because when they come in, Josh has like this like flabbergasted stare. But he's looking at the camera. Yeah. And it's not where the mummy is. <laughs> so, like, so you're like, well, he's not looking at that. Like, it's, it's very weird. Like, because they, then they pan the camera down to where the mummy is absent, which is not where his eyeline is. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they gave Danny some improper direction. They did. I mean, it's not, it's just funny. It's just goofy. Yeah. Um, uh, they then run away i guess because of the mummy being alive they did not see a mummy they just know that it's gone the, yes. we the viewer know that um the mummy is uh, alive because it went into a room and then the door closes a little bit and on the yeah, ground yeah you can see, see yeah. the the living mummy uh, there is clearly a mummy the mummy is clearly alive yes um so then we go to their house alive. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> they go to their house and find it burgled, burgled, <gasps> plundered, <laughs> purloined, <laughs> purloined. It is ransacked. <laughs> Shit everywhere. I don't know how yeah, he had the yeah. time no. to do yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they assume it's the mummy that did this. Yes. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> like, mummies are known the for mummy, their speed. A thousand years old that made it back home <laughs> sets in that paranoia, and they're not really thinking. <laughs> Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so they're like, so dad's not there, the house is purloined, and they think the mummy did it, and then they think the mummy's in the house. Uh, yes. And we get a we get the fun doorknob jiggling scene where they hold the door and the doorknob's jiggling, and they're like, go away! Which, <laughs> yes. It must the be... mummy speaks English. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing if you heard, like, Egyptian from behind the door, and it was like, oh my god, it is a mummy. But Rachel noticed something when we were rewatching oh, this morning. Oh, yeah, so Josh is, because the, the door, the way that the door was, like, had to be held in, so Josh is holding on to the doorknob, but Claire's yeah. beside him looking like she's trying to push the door, which would just open the goddamn door. <laughs> and then they yeah. finally run. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that, like, sometimes Josh and Cleo did not coordinate what they no. were doing very well. Like, they, they sometimes would just, like, 
I I don't think they they had blocked their scenes together. No, <laughs> put it that way. Um, uh, and then they so they uh, they like Cleo's like the window, and they like run out the window, leaving the door and the mummy in their house, or maybe the mummy in their house, right? And I have here like this moves so fast. This episode is just like go to the museum, go home, go to the museum, go home, go to the museum. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wasting no time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, I think they got a note, didn't they, though, when they came back saying, I think it was from their dad saying, yes, like, the dad, yeah, 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 they yeah. found the note that said that the, uh, the dad was at the museum because yeah. he, he forgot yes. something, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they head back uh, to the museum. Yes. Again, uh, Josh is like very adamant that the curse is real and Clea is like, no, it's not. Despite the fact that they know a mummy has just disappeared. Uh, I also have a note here that, um, Cleo does a lot of gesturing. She does a lot of arm and hand acting at this point. Very big arm movements. I don't know why, but she does. <laughs> acting. Acting. <laughs> acting. Um, and then a mummy hand appears from around from like behind a door. Like a mummy hand like emerges in the in the office. Do they see that? And they Or is that Yeah, just they, the book yeah. they book okay. it. Okay. Yeah. No, they book it immediately to the basement, which is like why i don't know you'd do that why wouldn't you just leave the museum <laughs> like, yeah i, I would why go to the basement i would stand in the middle of the fucking street <laughs> outside of that yeah building. yeah they i'd go a- to like a denny's <laughs> <laughs> yes go where the people are <laughs> ihop is open 24 7 let's go there have some pancakes calm down the mummy's not gonna kill you in the ihop there's like- something there's something that horror does all the time and i'll just keep this real quick but it's always about separating people from others. And I hope that people take from that, that if there's ever really anything scary in real life, try to go to like public places where yeah, there are people yeah. who can well, that be a lesson. So they go downstairs into the basement instead of leaving. Which smells bad. It, yeah. Um, basement smells bad. <laughs> I for, was right it now. here? Smells bad. Okay. So yeah. there are a couple of things. They, they go, uh, Josh and Cleo go downstairs to find their dad. They still haven't found their dad. They're trying to leave yeah. first, though, because um, someone. The reason they went downstairs is because they saw a shadow coming from the front door. So they know there's an exit in the basement. They go down there. When they're down there, something scares them, and they freak out. <laughs> they turn around, and it's a mummy. A mummy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just yeah. a normal mummy. That- they say Cleo says it's just stuffy. Yes, he's named it. It's named so his which is is <laughs> wait is it stuffy in there or no, is no, stuffy? I, no, I think name. that's the name. name is stuffy. Okay, all right. <laughs> which I feel like there is a scene that has been cut, <laughs> like explaining that this mummy has a name named Stuffy. I mean, you could just been like, oh, it's just him or whatever, or. I don't know. Oh, you didn't have no, to I, name. I think they did it, <laughs> or right. it's just stuffed. You could just say it's stuffed. You didn't yeah. have to say it's stuffy. <laughs> I like the I like the idea of the or mummy just like, having a name. But I mean, I don't yeah, know it does signify stuffy. that like they are very familiar. Like if if yes. Leo yes. has named this, like how many times have they yes. been to his work or whatever? No, you I know definitely. What I, mean? yeah. I yeah, I definitely get the vibe from that that we are meant to assume these kids spend a lot of time in this museum. Yeah, for sure. But I do feel like there should have been a scene where that was a stamp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it was, maybe it was cut or something. I don't know. 
I don't know. It just feels weird. It's like a weird name to drop. But I, I, I agree with you. That's I definitely what, like, what I got. Yeah. If she ran into it, she was like, oh, it's just a normal mummy. And then like they ran off. It's just like a cute yeah. little. Yeah. It's just like, huh? My idea is better. Um, <laughs> Bob is, he's, um, his eyes are moving back and forth. He's thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> would it be better if they went to, and that happened and it was like, that's not Mina. Okay, let's go. Or something like that? I don't no, know. I'm, no, I'm, I'm legitimately workshopping no. this in my head right now, and I'm trying I feel to like myself, it should be, don't do that. Oh, Stop it's it. just stuffed would be fine if they just said it was a stuffed mummy. Oh, how about this? How about this? They go down there. Um, they freak out. They scream. That You show the shot of the mummy. They both kind of yeah. stare at it for a little bit, and they go, "Yeah, it's not moving. Okay, it must be a good that's one. Also fine. That, yeah. That's also fine. Yeah, that's also fine. They like skirt around it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Physically. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. That would be fine too. Yeah. <laughs> Workshop uh, done. Workshop. Moving on. Fixed it. Uh, <laughs> they find the fire exit, which is locked. That's bad. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't lock those. Especially in a basement full of shit that could easily get caught on fire. Oh, hold on well. to that, Bob. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, God damn it. Josh- <laughs> also, Josh specifically says, who would lock a fire door? Which, agree <laughs> oh, with Josh. I agree yeah. with that. Well, now we know why. Um, <laughs> or I yeah. Also, he they note again that the basement smells bad. Yes. Um, they note that multiple uh, times. Uh, it's a little setup payoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a shadow appears. They run. Uh, Josh knocks over some boxes in the most impotent way I've ever seen a person do that. Like, gently lays a ankle-high box on the ground. <laughs> like, 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 this will stop the killer. <laughs> Especially because th- whoever is coming after them can easily just walk around it. There is a huge gap between Gap, yeah, the it doesn't box. even cover the whole space. <laughs> it's very dumb. Uh, and then they, like, find their dad just, like, on some boxes. Oh, you gotta tell like, how they found the dad. Like, you gotta say scare, how. I mean. It's a jump scare. It's, it's not amazing. like the box is on the ground. He like had to have oh, climbed hold up. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Before that, you had, uh, they're trying to get out. They're trying to look for a way out. Then Cleo turns around, look, uh, kind of looks around uh, the camera, looking down, and then a hand just falls right in front of her. A human uh, hand. Yeah. Yes, a normal she, human hand. She screams at the top of her lungs. And then they realize... It takes her a second. <laughs> yeah. They it's, it's a beat before she screams, which is noticeable. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and then it's their dad. And as Rachel correctly pointed out, he is... Alive? Uh, I, I Probably. I would hope so. But where is he? <laughs> On boxes? Yeah. Up, stacked up, like really weirdly yeah, yeah, stacked high. boxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what you were saying like, before I interrupted you. Like you were saying, you have that to climb like, them. You yeah. have to climb the boxes to get on them that way. Yeah, like, it's, it's it's very, very weird. Weird. Yes, <laughs> Dad, why are you up there <laughs> or not like anywhere on the fucking ground? <laughs> passed yeah. out we could have tripped over yeah. you or something i don't it's, know uh, they they just needed the hand jump scare yes. and so they're like well put the dad on the boxes and that'll get the hand yeah exactly <laughs> like that is the most contrived fucking thing <laughs> it's, it's oh, very contrived in order to do the in order to have this jump scare the hand needs to pop in front of her and it screams yeah and so that causes her to scream but how do we have that happen i just stack some boxes and put that motherfucker on top of put it. the dad on the fucking <laughs> boxes um uh, so they re at the dad who's alive. Um, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, okay. he like wakes up. Sh- uh, the the shadow approaches them that's been following them, <gasps> and it's um Doctor Kegel Smith, <laughs> Doctor Capel Smith. <laughs> no, uh, Kegel Smith. 
Kegel Smith. Thank you. And he's evil. <gasps> he's been evil the whole time. Oh my god. Um, In a flashback, we re- we learn how not only a bunch of things happened, but also how the dad got on top of those boxes. He got <laughs> uh he got chloroformed, and yeah. Doctor Kegel Smith had enough time. Before ran was it before or after he ransacked his office? It doesn't make any fucking sense. He's the most efficient man in history. Yeah, seriously. He he, he goes to their house, okay, to since he thinks the dad already found the ring. He wants the ring of eternity. He thinks the dad already found the ring. He goes to their house. The ring's not there. While he's there, the kids come home, and he hides in the most obvious place ever, <laughs> like a foot above their heads on the stairs, and it's like. Don't move, they won't notice me. Uh, uh, this giant man, they won't notice me sitting here. Um, and uh, so they reveal that they have the ring, okay? Mm-hmm. But instead of getting it from them, he knows they're going back to the museum, so he goes back to the museum before they go back to the museum. I don't know Somehow. if that means the mummy was at the door, or if he was at the door. I'm very confused about that point. Also, be- he goes <laughs> before we go further, I want to just inject this in here, because at this point, the, the smell downstairs has been noted numerous times, yes. and when Kegel Smith yes. is revealed... I suddenly thought, does he smell bad? Is that what they were alluding to? <laughs> Is that the whole point? Well, um, so, so then he got back to the museum, knocked the dad out, who was already at the museum, because as you remember, the dad went home and then came back. So the dad, so, the dad came back the very <laughs> like, next day. They literally, like, every single person in this episode is driving their car or riding their bike or walking past each other, just <laughs> on, like, opposite sides of the street, yes. and just don't look to their left at Seriously. any point. Like, like uh, and then he had the time to knock the dad out, put the dad in the basement, wait for the kids. Also, spoilers, he has poured kerosene yes. over everything in the basement, which is the smell. That is, um, yeah, that's revealed to be the smell. He, he, also, he also says, and I want to note to the dad, as it turns out, your children are more clever than you. <gasps> which, what? Like, did anyone think that? Like, is that a thing we've been thinking? Like... <laughs> Again, probably something that was cut. I don't think that anyone looked at Josh and thought this kid's more clever than his dad. <laughs> but then maybe they got into an argument and he insulted him. Maybe he's like, "Look at you, you're useless. I bet your kids are smarter than you, you dumbass." Ah, uh, maybe, uh, maybe. I don't maybe. know. I'm filling it in, man. I don't. <laughs> That's, I, that works though. That works. That works. <laughs> Employers are known to abo- abuse their employees. Mm. I mean, that works. That that works. So he then like threatens them. Uh, with an unlit torch, <laughs> which which is so funny to me. It's hilarious, uh, not only because uh, he's clearly like this is when he says, "Hey, I've coated the whole place in kerosene." Yeah, uh, you need to give me the elixir uh, or the the, 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 ring, the, the, ring, uh, the ring, yeah, the ring. He specifically he does not know about the elixir. He doesn't know important. about the elixir, but he wants the ring. Give me the ring. And at this point, yeah, Mario absolutely correct. He not a lit torch, unlit torch. Very he pulls out very easily. Could the kids and their father bum rush this motherfucker and knock his ass to the ground? They could yeah, take he's him. Yeah, like one wrong move and I'll use this. It would make sense if he had like a gun. Like, could they? This dude is older, he's heavier set, and yet he's faster than all of them. <laughs> he is, and stronger. He is incredibly fast. He lifted. I don't know. He single-handedly I mean, lifted fairness. that father and put him on top of <laughs> those boxes. All the way up there. And then That's fucking. That's like above his own height. Yes. <laughs> fully lifted the dad. He like single-handedly threw that motherfucker on top of that fucking 
fucking ra- uh, like, when uh, you want something, you go after it. <laughs> well, so Cleo, Cleo apparently gets the exact same read that you did. <laughs> says, give him, give him the ring, give him the ring, and Josh finally agrees to do it. And they're like, okay, let, the dad's like, okay, let us go. But and we did like, we oh, mention no. like why he wants? He really believes that he's going to, I guess, live forever. Yeah, if he wears yeah. this ring. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess Cleo is like, if he does that. fuck it. I mean, whatever. Well, I, see, Cleo, Cleo knows. Cleo's using yeah. her brain here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know that yet. Uh, but so he, uh, he's like, they, they're like, okay, we gave it to you. Let's go. And he's like, no, you can't go because you'll go tell the cops. So then you watch him take the lighter out <laughs> and light the torch. Which again, yeah, they could just like throw anything at him at this moment. <laughs> like, and you would think that he's completely coated in kerosene too, from like, yes, uh, like uh, pouring it everywhere because he poured it throughout the entire basement. So you just shove him; he will catch on fire. He's also got a big coat on that will catch fire. Also, it's yeah. a bad plan for him because he would then be in the kerosene-filled, now on fire basement. Exactly. So like. Yeah, (laughs) it's not a great plan. He's really thought that this ring was just gonna like save him. Oh, that's true. I I guess guess. that's true. I guess that's true. Because if he if he put on need it, yeah. If he's immortal, then it wouldn't matter if he's in a kerosene folk. Yeah, that's true. Makes a difference. No, that's absolutely Um, true. But before he can do this, Cleo's like, "Well, at least let us see if the ring works." Yeah, and literally with no thought whatsoever, he's like. Okay. <laughs> He's so excited. He's like, fuck it. You're right. Yeah. Ring on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. So he puts the ring on and turns into a force ghost. <laughs> yes. For yes, a second. Yes. <laughs> like the blue he aura Obi-Wan and everything. Kenobi. Uh, and then But then he, his aura sours and he turns green. Yeah. And then he turns from the waist up, but he, like ex- ascending into stone. What kind of stone? <laughs> A statue of what? Uh, a man with a hat, a pope-looking <laughs> like, pope motherfucker with yeah, an honk around. He gets his a, neck. yeah. He gets a free hat. I would just like it's to know true. that the hat, the hat was provided by the ring. <laughs> so, I cannot stress like, how goofy as fuck this sequence is. <laughs> yeah, where it's really bad. <laughs> he, they are implying that he is turning to stone because yeah. the ring is said to, um, you know, uh, Mina uh, like could curse her enemies or give them eternal life. So the ring, as Cleo correctly uh, appointed, uh, correctly, it gives them immortality, but not life. Yes, and yeah. immortality in this specific instance is being turned to stone, which is the we know which is the curse that happens. Yes. So we know that, and so yeah. the scene is the from his, starting from his feet going up. There is a mask that they've put on this uh, in post where it's unveiling yeah. this character who is just. A, you know, a, a, a bigger guy yeah. with a coat on yeah. turning into a v- smaller, f- bigger guy wearing pope <laughs> yeah, it, robes <laughs> and a pope hat. Yeah, it's weird because he's like a tall, intimidating guy, I would say. Like, he's like, a, when I say he's a, when we say he's a big guy, like, he's a tall guy that like, yeah. like yeah. that looks intimidating and he actually shrinks yeah. as the statue <laughs> he gets tiny he lost some weight <laughs> it's, it's little it's funny because I imagine that they were like oh it's fine uh, because the hat makes the difference <laughs> yes the hat the hat makes it all um, and this is it's revealed uh, so that he drops the torch and it's like not near anything and nothing's catching on fire but Josh like sort of grabs it 
and he's like, save! <laughs> yeah. And a beauty! And then he, how does he put out the torch? He smacks it against the ground. Multiple times. Multiple times, <laughs> and I was just, I don't know, I was like, I mean... I guess. If you know uh, the As if the ground does not have kerosene on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I feel like this could have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing if Josh grabbed it and immediately set the whole thing on fire. <laughs> it feels like a Mel Gibson kind of, not Mel Gibson, I'm sorry. Mel Brooks, <laughs> Mel Brooks <laughs> kind of scene. It feels like a me- starts- very Mel Gibson kind of thing. <laughs> Smash um, cut to Mel Gibson cursing the Jews. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, no, how amazing would that be if Josh was, uh, screamed, save, grabbed and it, immediately save. set everything off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the Clea reveals this is her plan, and Josh is like, very clever, little sister. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, very sneaky, sis. Um, very sneaky, sis. Because uh, Dr. Kegelman, Kegel's master, uh, did not... <laughs> Did not know about the elixir, so he was fucked from the beginning. Um, uh, and Cleo just murdered this man, I guess. Um, <laughs> yep. No uh, way to turn that that boy back from stone. But wait, but wait, <gasps> the mummy appears. <gasps> the mummy is here. It's a pr- and like a pretty good little mummy puppet comes out. It's not a full body mummy. It's like torso and arm mummy. Yes, because they clearly those are clearly the only pieces of the mummy that they could animate. Very yes, clear, but the face looks good. Yeah. Yes. You know how you trick people into thinking someone is like strangling you, but it's really just your arm from behind a door? Yeah. That, that's exactly <laughs> how the mummy comes out. <laughs> it is, it's very definitely just an arm and like the torso. <laughs> like it's not a full mummy back there. Like it's, it's, mm. <laughs> but you know, it's all right. It's yeah, okay. It's they tried. I, I they especially like the, um, the fingernails. Like, uh, and yes. The hand was done very well. The very, uh, dark. The black. hand looked really good. Yeah. Fingernails. Yeah. yeah. The mummy like wants the ring and they give it to her. I don't like they really very quickly we move to just giving the mummy the ring. Yeah. Which fair enough, I guess if you have given the choice, I guess you may as well. So so the, and at this point at this point I was like, "Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right, guys. We know where this is going." Th- the mummy immediately turns into a Mondo babe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Mondo, cool. But yeah, uh, like <laughs> real quick before we get to that, uh, the way that she turns into the babe is through. Yeah, the, I cannot stress this enough. The '90s was absolutely infatuated with the morph cut. It is yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. but morph uh, morphing on everything, <laughs> and it's such a wonder. They actually did a really she, nice morph she, cut for this. She was morphing out all right. She, yeah, she mighty morphed into that sweet uh, Mondo, cool babe. <laughs> More like Mondo cool. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, so like this is so wild because I literally wrote down like I wonder how she feels about ski trips as a joke. Oh and shit! Lol. We and then we get to like the dad and like the dad has like a weird like a weird look of like uh you get the vibe that he's like attracted to this mummy well, now dude the thing is is like she immediately sets her eyes on this fucking guy it's definitely yes. she's looking at him like bruh i haven't been fucked in 2000 years man yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I also want to stress this is just a dad. Like it's not yeah. a, like a <laughs> not a hot dad. This is just like the most. If you can picture in your mind a dad, yeah, like that. Also, by the way, is ginger. Not a criticism. Just is. It's <laughs> just like, facts. <laughs> it's like fucking Nigel Thornberry yeah. over here. No, he's, he doesn't have red hair. He has blonde hair, doesn't he? Or like a. Well, like Josh a dirty, has red hair. Yeah, I mean, Rachel. Josh does, but the dad. Rachel. I thought it was what? kind of I don't care. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's like a dirty blonde. Whatever. Anyway, okay, he is right, just right, like right, right. he is a white fucking professor. Okay. Yes. Sir. Oh, and he is if a you're white guy. If you're white and have a dad, still it is looking at this guy. him like, bro, what's good? <laughs> she's like, yeah. She's like, hey, baby. And I can imagine she's gonna walk out the city and see a bunch of other fucking dudes available <laughs> to her. She's gonna be like, um, I didn't know you just appeared in front of me. Um, I thought this is what all people look like now. Yeah, it, I'm gonna <laughs> test this out and this out and this out. But um, yeah, I just have, I just have like, I, then I write down, are they gonna make out? Because the vibes <laughs> Dude, are clearly there. Yes, yes. like it, 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 palpable. They're gonna have this happen. Immediate romance. And, yeah, and like, no, for real, they are taking this fucking mummy on a ski trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the she, end of this movie, the end of this episode is they are going on a ski trip with the mummy, <laughs> <laughs> which is super funny considering that mummy probably doesn't know any like what the fuck they're well, saying. She doesn't know how to ski. <laughs> she well, she doesn't ski know how to ski. She's never seen snow, <laughs> and she has no idea what these crazy fucking people are saying. Well. Let's think about what she'd have to, what the mummy will have to learn in the like hour it takes him to get to the mountains for a ski trip. <laughs> okay, what cars, cars are? Yeah. What English is? Yeah. What century it is? Uh, <laughs> what the radio is? What skiing is? What snow is? <laughs> what Canada is? <laughs> <laughs> what Canada is? Also, a little reminder in case you forgot, this mummy was worshipped by blood sacrifice. Yes. Oh shit! So like, she expects people to be sacrificed. Yo, this ain't good because I imagined her like I don't know what that husband. I imagine her like with an apron on, already in the kitchen, like being forced to cook, and I think she'd be like, "Nah, fuck this! I'm killing." Maybe all she y'all. just kills him. And yeah, yeah maybe. blood sacrifices yeah. the fuck out of everybody. Because Josh makes a joke that's just like, "Yeah, we're gonna ski," but it's like, "Bro, I don't know. I don't think this is a good idea." Also, I, I think it's funny. Well, sorry, go on, Bob. I was worried for a little bit there because uh, I will note that the ring is the thing that turns uh, her into uh, a mom. Yeah, <laughs> <And> a mommy. <laughs> the uh, Josh is the person who put the ring on her. I also thought and that for a oh, moment. Oh, Bob, I, I thought was the same like, thing. Oh, is yeah. She gonna yep. fall in love with. Josh? <laughs> I similarly was worried about that. The optics of that, the optics of this are bad. I want to stress that the optics of this are not good. The optics of that would have been way worse. Like, <laughs> at least these are two seemingly consenting adults. So <laughs> yes. we're okay with that. But it's just like, I guess a solution to their dad who's more interested in ancient stuff than his kids and needs a wife is to give him a wife that is herself an ancient thing. Lol. <laughs> like, oh, God. Huh. Huh. Like, I guess that's something. He's like, passionate okay. about history. He's really into his work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what this reminded me of what is a story that's very old. It's like, it's, I mean, like a real old white people story. Um, 
called uh, The Mummy's Foot. No one has read this but me. Um, except some people who maybe listen to this podcast who did read it with me. But uh, it's a story about a, a dude who buys a mummy's foot um, in Victoria, you know, like Elizabethan England. I think or, no, Victorian I England. know what you're talking um, about. And he, he is like obsessed with this foot and he has a dream about the foot in which the, the princess that owns the foot like wants the foot back and she's like beautiful or whatever and exotic and he gives it back and they fall in love in this dream because she has this really great foot and then her dad shows up and is like you can't get married because she's a million years old and he's like damn you're right and he wakes up and the foot is gone but it's like this bizarre like white dude fetishizing <laughs> this dead person's foot it's so <laughs> gross almost like so, uh, some white kid fetishizing a uh hand yep <laughs> the What's summoner up with you weird white men Ooh, sorry yeah yeah people shouldn't own parts of mommies <laughs> 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 Uh, I feel that strongly. Uh, so this also, uh, we're we're almost to the end, which I love what happens at the end of this episode. But It's uh, extremely funny. <laughs> but before we get there, I just wanted to reiterate that this is what I was talking about before, where you have the um, kind of, uh, the, the show seems to be saying like, oh, uh, single parent families like have something innately like broken or this one has something that's broken and the way that it's fixed isn't by the dad becoming less of a workaholic yeah or like uh, treating his children any better it's just literally giving him a wife (laughs) and the kids a mom and then hey everything's cool everything's great no problems anymore. Let's go skiing. It's not just it's not just giving him a wife. If we're getting the optics of it, it's giving him a like foreign, like ancient naive woman who this like yeah. like instantly loves him. It's real weird. It's, it's, very, yeah. it's very strange. It's not great. <laughs> like it's also one of those things where I can imagine a kid coming up with this. So in that way, it's like, oh, it actually makes sense because Tucker's the one who's yeah. like coming up with it. So, yeah. I mean, it it's interesting. And the way that the format of the show works, it could be used to say like very interesting things about the characters that are coming up with these, these stories and why they're talking about certain stories. It's an extremely 90s concept is what I will say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's what makes me want to criticize it rather than l- looking into what maybe the writers were saying about Tucker. <laughs> it's oh yeah, I don't. I'm not thinking about that at all. This, <laughs> yeah, just, th- exactly. Like this kind of shit happened all the time in the '90s. Like this is one step removed from like the the um, movies about you know cavemen waking up and like you know yeah getting into hijinks yeah. and shit. <laughs> this is a step beyond unfrozen caveman lawyer. Um, <laughs> so speaking of speaking of Tucker. Speaking of Tucker. Speaking of Tucker. Let's just, so he ends the story. Someone says, uh, so the true guardian's curse was immortality, which I mean, uh, kind of, it's definitely being turned to stone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, but I, I guess it is sort of, if you take it very like loosely. Uh, but the fucking funniest part of this scene is that Tucker just like gets up <laughs> and like very seriously, like walks away. <laughs> Yes. Like, walks yeah. so slowly was... into the woods, like very like dramatically, and everyone's like, "Wow, pretty cool story." <laughs> <laughs> and 
then finally Gary's like, oh, that little toad still has my onk. Yeah. <laughs> so he just like, bo- he just like walked far enough away and then booked it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he like walked until he was just past the tree line and then he's just like. <laughs> 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 so that was a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do more of these. Are you afraid of the darks? I don't know. Listeners, what do you think? Let us know on anywhere that you can find us, which is for Mario at Tomato Grandpa on Twitter. Yeah. And it is and me, I am at BobViz on Twitter. And there's something that I need to say because we keep forgetting to say it. We have a Patreon and a website. You can find more information about us at you can't scare.me. And uh, a link to our Patreon is not only in the show notes, but also on our website. And if you could donate any amount of money that you wish, we are all for that. Don't feel obligated. We don't have any advertisements on the show, and we clearly forget to say it (laughs) all the time. So, you know, uh, do what you will. But yes, uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, anyone have anything else to say? Get yourself um, a mummy, mommy. Mommy, mommy. Yeah, I had in my notes. Oh. I had in my notes. Mommy, 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 mommy. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I guess I, I don't know how to make the sound of putting water on a fire. I guess. Oh yes, we've got to end it. <laughs> Great job. I think Mario's actually lighting something on fire so that he can. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha